0: Welcome. Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner, and with me is my generation Doc Martin's draft pick, Producer Mason. Also joining us is a man going to be a little distracted to, through today's show as he's hurriedly checking through his phone to see if he got drafted in this year's Super Draft. It's Sean Campbell. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Uh, Yeah, breaking in my... um.
1: My, uh, my big contract signing day uh, boots uh, out at, the, uh,
0: at CBGB. <laughs> See how, that, how
1: those work out for me.
0: How's the old school work there? You know, with the actual <laughs> black boots like they used to wear back in the day.
1: Well, I know my lace code, so I think I'm in the clear. <laughs> That's what's important.
2: <laughs> and how are you doing today, Sean? Oh, I got the boots on. I'm ready to go. Just waiting for that call so I can get interviewed by the MLS. You know, coming out of that Generation Vans draft pick draft class, but uh, <laughs> they don't they don't seem to pick from us too often. you just going to help skate that. skate on into the roster, huh? <laughs> uh, I, I I hope so. Uh, I mean, I wore my Adidas cleats for luck. Uh, I guess they don't pay attention to if you wear Adidas. You just have to be sponsored by them. I guess.
0: So if you hear any uh, strange clicking noises out there, lovely listeners, it's just uh, Sean knocking his shin guards together during today's broadcast. We really appreciate you listening to us, lovely listeners. And uh, since you're listening, if you haven't yet, go ahead and hit subscribe on your podcaster of choice. We also encourage you to tell all of your friends, family, you know, odd strangers you meet on the street about our show. Neighbors, neighbors, pets. The pets, especially. Mm-hmm. But if that seems like too much work, you can just rate and review us on your podcaster of a choice. That'll spread the word across the nation and across the world. And it seems a whole lot easier than what we were talking about. But still tell the pets. Yes. <laughs> they are some of our most engaged listeners, <laughs> though. They have not sent us any uh, emails in, though we got another one this week and we'll be sharing that a little bit later in the show. If you'd like to be involved in the show in such a fashion, you could reach out to us by email at soccercapital at gmail.com or also shoot us a DM on Twitter at soccercapital. Pretty easy to remember. And we'll be uh, going through that. If it's a good one, we'll go ahead and read it out on the air and uh, discuss for good or bad. We do have a little bit of St. Louis City news. Due to our recording schedule, and as always, we're in a late afternoon on a Tuesday recording this for Wednesday's uh, production, uh, St. Louis City did make an announcement last Wednesday after we completed our show. Wait, hey. hang on. I haven't heard. Don't spoil it for me. Oh, you hadn't heard. <laughs> yeah. Yes. St. Louis City hired a first team head coach. Whoa. No way. Yeah. <laughs> had no Not idea. for the MLS next pro team, which still needs a head coach. Uh, they play sooner, but we haven't heard yet. I'm sure they'll be coming soon, at least by May. <laughs> 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 no, Bradley Carnell, longtime assistant with the New York Red Bulls, had been linked through the uh, diligent reporting of Sam Shayskull and Paul Tenorio at The Athletic. Uh he did get the job. He was hired last week on Wednesday at a press conference. Yeah,
1: our uh, predictions panned out to not be true. We were getting the big time big boy head coach, uh, not the uh, not the MLS Next Pro head coach like we kind of thought.
0: Or the team dog. Or the team dog. I'm really bummed about that one. but We can still name him Jesse, though, if you'd like. <laughs> There's <laughs> still <laughs> time for the dog. I'll reach out. <laughs> Start making arrangements for the team dog. Uh, Bradley Carnell, probably not a big name, even though he was interim coach at the end of 2020, Uh, got him to the playoffs. They finished strong under him, Uh, but not a big name because the Red Bull style is so distinct and it's high energy, high pressing, uh, quick decision making. You know, not a lot of teams play that, but we know one team that will. Luch Fine & Steel, St. Louis City will play that style. Bradley Carnell is well thought of, both at uh, New York Red Bulls and uh, within the Red Bull organization. He's actually done something that's not very common in MLS. He was assistant to at least three head coaches above him and uh, to his own admittance, uh, kind of shocked and got the interim uh, lead, which, if I recall correctly, which I wasn't really following them, but is pretty well regarded by all the pundits out there when he did coach him at the end of the season after Chris Armas was let go. He came in as assistant at Red Bulls in
1: 2017, correct? And was there up until very recently?
0: Yeah, he was hired under Jesse Marsh. And then uh, when Marsh left to go to RB Leipzig within the uh, global superstructure of Red Bull soccer, uh, then uh, continued with Chris Armas who was within, and then when they reached out and went over to Europe to hire uh, Gerhard Struber, he kept Bradley Carnell on. Carnell's main focus within the Red Bull system was to be an assistant coach focusing on the attack, which, say what you will, at least there'll be some attack in the high-press system under Lutz. He's looking at that in a little bit with what Bradley Carnell has. Uh, Bradley Carnell long time. What did you come up with? About eight, nine years at high-level Bundesliga clubs, as well as in his native South Africa as a professional player. Started as a professional at the age of 16, when that was allowed back in the day. Uh, at, during one of those uh, stops, he came in and got to know Ralph Ragnick, now the interim head coach at Man United, but well-known for starting up uh, the Red Bulls organization with their style of play. He's a protege of Ralph Ragnick as well.
1: Yeah, not sure at which of these uh, that, that happened, but he was at uh, both Stuttgart and, uh, and Gladbach um, in the Bundesliga during the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh,
0: left, he was a left back as a player, noted for being a bulldog on the field, was a South Africa international and played and started in the 2010 World Cup. Yeah, after his playing career, bounced around. He did get a job in South Africa as a TV pundit. Uh, we don't know anything about punditry, do we, guys? <laughs> uh, no, no, not at all. Uh, he's a peer, <laughs> but in the interview that was on the uh, St. Louis City app, the City Voice uh, interview, uh, he. Lutz shared a story that even Bradley Carnell did not know that Lutz was there working with a charity, had played in South Africa, had known of Bradley Carnell, both from the Bundesliga playing, though they never played uh, quite together. And also uh, Bradley Carnell uh, played at one of his former Lutz's former clubs, the Orlando Pirates in South Africa. So he was there and he's watching TV and he's here's a pundit on the TV, doing the games. He thought, this guy, really breaking down the team well, he's got a future as a head coach. It was Bradley Carnell. Lutz invited him to, he had some, he was a director of coaching at that time, so he had a couple of invites to a uh, coach's license, a P license in Europe. Uh, He invited Bradley Carnell, who scored extremely highly on those tests and kind of was the start of Bradley Cornells. Uh, reaching out into the coaching era. I took the coaching as VAP. <laughs> <laughs> and aced it. <laughs> and uh, after that, uh, he got into it. Lutz, of course, there's another follow up with his now knowing Bradley Carnell. He also was involved with uh, Lutz's uh, ch- other charities, played some games in Antarctica with him and other places. Uh so they've, they're well-suited. There seem to be a whole lot of friendly banter between the two on the broadcast. They know each other quite well. Keep that in mind as they say they did a global search. Hint, hint. Uh, one thing we know, as assistant coach uh, with New York Red Bulls and the Red Bull system, and being protege of uh, Ralph Ragnick, he's fully invested in the high-press, high-energy style of play, quick actions, you're going to look to score off of turnovers. You're going to look to score quickly. You want your players to make very quick decisions on how to get the ball out, get it in, push forward in that fashion, not really looking to hold possession. In other words, uh, Red Bull football can't be called the beautiful game. It's the chaotic game, and they thrive off of that chaos and hope to drag people and put them back on their heels and take advantage of them, sort of with shock and awe. He was, as I mentioned, well thought of at the Red Bulls. Uh, There was rumors going on when Ralph Ragnick did get the interim job this year with uh, Manchester United this season that uh, he wanted Bradley Carnell on his staff at Manchester United. Carnell at that time did say that uh, he was flattered with that, but he wanted to stay in MLS because of certain opportunities. No one was quite certain if it was this opportunity with City. Or if it was an opportunity if Gerhard Struber actually went back to Europe because he's kind of in uh, high demand there as well and the opening at Red Bull. We have an answer to that question now. One big thing about this and is very impressive is with the pandemic, St. Louis City had the unprecedented opportunity to push back the start of their league play by a year and they chose to do that. It seems to be a very, very wise decision. They've used it to get the stadium started. The academy's up and running before they play. They're going to have their lower division league and MLS Next Pro starting up here in just about a month and a half, two months from now. And uh, they also get a head coach hired historically early, really early on in the process. They've already got a director of coaching, the well-respected John Hackworth. He'll get to work with them. The Academy's up, he'll get to work with that, and everything will be streamlined from top to bottom. A lot of the decisions that city are making so far are well thought out, well planned, and seem to have a direct goal of putting the product on the field and product in front of the fans and for the fans' enjoyment. We'll see how this goes from here on out. But it's starting to be noticed throughout the league that St. Louis City is making a lot of very smart decisions very early on. Anything more about how Carnell will play, how things will work, what type of players he want? We'll we'll learn later. I
1: think it's probably it's a good sign to get somebody from the Red Bulls organization to play your Red Bulls game. That's a good sign to start with. Um, I, I kind of like that high press, high energy style that Lutz was talking about, but it's a really high risk, high reward type of style. If you've got somebody who's fairly, pretty intimately familiar with it, leading the charge like Bradley Cornell, that's a good sign that this is going to go a little, that's going to, that it's going to go better. It's going to kind of go as planned.
0: Yes. And, uh, always expected somebody to be real, ver- well versed couple of names that I've thrown out was Chris Armas and Jesse Marsh. We might like, say both of them I didn't think were possible hires, but they fit into that profile. Uh, they had the uh, CV that uh, you would say that Lutz would hire to perform his system. This is a well-regarded assistant coach, been around for a while. And one thing in that interview that Lutz wanted to make sure he stressed, and as I've we've all stressed in the fa- past, is that... They needed somebody as a head coach that knew MLS, knew the system, the style, the players, the players in the U.S. Got an idea with that with John Hackworth in his director of coaching in the office in ear. Now he's got it with his head coach. This is a very good move. Very smart move. Getting an assistant coach in to start up an expansion franchise could be an iffy thing. But he's got backup and he's got time to grow into it. Now, how can he spot players? Does he know exactly what kind of players he has or, or he has what kind of players he wants? We'll have to see.
1: Yeah, we've talked about getting an assistant coach as our head coach for, you know, a while. Um you were pretty shaky on it. I was more in favor. Sean, I remember you talking about how it was actually a huge opportunity for us to find someone a little outside of the norm.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, It seems like, at least in my perspective, it seems like a lot of these guys are not necessarily getting recycled, but you just, at least across, even outside of MLS, you kind of have the, the idea of these certain guys that like, they do something somewhere and then they're like now onto the next challenge. And they just kind of go from team to team after winning something. But uh, finding someone that gets their real shot with an upstart team, it's an upstart coach. Um, they can really make it their own, especially getting helped along with coaching direction from Hackworth. Um, and another thing with, especially with uh, Bradley coming in, he did play in Bundesliga. He knows MLS because he's coached here for a few years. He kind of fits very well with that idea that Lutz wants of having a a little bit of both European and the MLS style together in one. Uh, So, I mean, all things point to yes. It's just a matter of seeing what kind of team he can put on the pitch.
0: He did have that interim role performed well, which means he also had the pressure from the media in New York, New Jersey, uh, that he had to face how to answer questions. And you may poo-poo that, but... As a head coach, you're the face of the franchise, so to speak, or especially the face of management. So that's important to also be able to handle. Uh, we talked with Moon Tower Soccer, those guys about Austin. There was some pushback on Josh Wolf because maybe he hadn't quite got, he wasn't slick with those kind of things. And that got him pushed back more than, you know, their expansion team losing. He had a defined style. Really, a lot of the pushback came from his own personal style that he was presenting to the public, perhaps with the interim role for half the season of a very disappointing season for the Red Bulls in which they performed well under Carnell, under the stretch, uh, you know, down the stretch and did make it into the playoffs that year, at least salvaging some sort of a successful season for a team that had very high hopes coming into that year. Uh will do him fair him well plus the knowledge of you know soccer in the u.s does carnell know it that well does he have to you got scouts for that and you've got the very well respected and well connected john hackworth in the front office as well who has a long history of working with youth international uh, u.s international teams as well as the main u.s international team as well but now we've, we've found out for the first time ever that
1: Bradley Cardinal is the uh, the first head coach of St. Louis City SE, and now you know for the first time ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you've been living in a cave for the last six days, now you know. <laughs> Sorry. How did Spoiler you know? alert. How did you know that's <laughs> where I live? I live in a cave. <laughs> well, we've been trying
2: to keep that hidden, Sean, but you get great sound out of that cave. Oh, yeah. No, it's great acoustics in here there's plenty of caves out here in the county it's gonna be hard to find which one i'm actually in
0: sean is in his podcasting bunker yeah he prepped he prepped for coming on this show for the first few weeks by actually taking the pickaxe and carving out his studio cave (laughs) side note trivia for all of you who are keeping notes on this podcast for posterity
1: (laughs) i'm gonna do minecraft in real life
2: sean campbell <laughs> hold on hold on <laughs> let me go punch some trees so i can make some supports
0: <laughs> you do that oh my God. and while you do that we're gonna take a short break and we'll be back with you shortly <laughs> see you on the other side cool. Welcome back lovely listeners. Hope you enjoyed your break. Got a chance to grab a refreshing beverage and perhaps a snack from the fridge as we did get some more information for you. Something to do a lot to do with, uh, MLS in general, which of course is important because St. Louis city would not be a thing without MLS. And, uh, we want to start it all off with uh, going over some of the uh, transfers, the wheeling and dealing that goes on during the off season, and uh, Sean Campbell's actually put together a pretty comprehensive list. Let's uh, breeze through that, why don't we, Sean?
2: Yeah, let's let's dig on into it. We got some uh, a couple of bigger names in the MLS getting moved around on free transfers this last week. Uh, a couple of big names coming in as far as money wise. Uh, but we're going to start it off with a retirement, actually. We got uh, the big, long-time Stoke man, Ryan Shawcross. Played one season for Inter-Miami, and he's hanging up the boots for good. You know, I, I always loved watching him play. In Stoke. Can't yeah.
0: say he did much for me at Inter-Miami on that one. Uh, Chris Henderson, uh, the new GM there, <laughs> you know, brought into, you know, clean up a an office that was just left untended for years and years. Seems like EPA super fund of a front office. (laughs) Very well said. Uh, he's cleaning house. He's getting rid of people left and right. And this is just one of them. Shawcross didn't really bring anything other than a name. Uh, taking the people in Miami aren't smart enough to appreciate good football. They just wanted names. uh, it's a good thing. Good thing for inner Miami.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh next up on our list, we have a rumor that we can now confirm James Sands is in fact going to be going on loan to Rangers over in the Scottish League. Oh. No! Thank you Peanut Gallery. This is interesting. Uh does
0: going Rangers will play in, you know, European competition at least you know for a couple of games. Uh but the Scottish Premier League, is it a step up from MLS? At best, it's a parallel move.
1: Depends on if like how we're talking. Uh the premiership like top tier teams like Celtic, uh as much as I hate them like Rangers,
0: um, those teams are steps up. From- are they? Are they? He just won an MLS Cup with a team owned by the Citigroup. Uh, now, now, okay, there we go. This move was driven by Citigroup pro- possibly more than James Sands. Yeah, and it's it's a long
1: loan. It's not necessarily a transfer.
0: It's a long loan with an offer to buy. That's what City, Chelsea always do. Loan you out a lot. I guess they saw everything they need from him in New York uh, in MLS. Maybe they didn't think he was physical enough, throw him in the Scottish Premier League, so he can just get kicked and shoved and be it bashed in the head with an elbow day in and day out and see how he handles it. Well, I mean, you know,
1: <laughs> when he plays Celtic, I'm sure we'll get enough of that. I was gonna say, I do think that like genuinely like the top the top teams of the Premiership, Celtic Rangers are better than who's usually top of the table in MLS but on the whole I think MLS on average is better than on average the Premiership
2: oh yeah yeah and you only get better through your competition oh yeah definitely and just to make some name you know put some names out there of players who played in the Scottish Premier League and are now tearing it up in MLS uh, Ryan gold remember we talked about him a while back and uh, one of my favorites, One of my favorites, Johnny Russell, number seven, the boy. Never heard of him. Oh, (laughs) Shaw. Who's that? But yes. um, I never heard of uh, Paul Shaw that you just mentioned. Never heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I agree with Mason. On the whole, I think the MLS is a more competitive league top to bottom. Um, I think this may be just a move to get a little bit of money and maybe haven't played a more physical league toughen him up a little bit, but we'll see how that goes when he comes back, if he comes back. But uh, moving may say on. Something, uh, no, one more thing. on. Uh,
0: It may say something about how Citigroup view, views MLS. Uh, Do they think that a move to the Scottish Premier League actually makes him more viable for a paid transfer to Europe? They may be a little behind the times from what we've seen in the last year or so. You know, that's a big global infrastructure uh, outside of what the news is coming out of MLS. uh, Time will tell. He's a good player and he's going to get international experience. We got a world cup window coming up. Will he be called in? Probably not. Will he be the first called in if there's a problem? Probably so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this is necessarily a
1: bad move for James Sands, aside from the fact that now I have to actively root against him because I hate Rangers. Um, But this is yeah, this seems like a like a CD group move that's especially coming from a Gulf oil consortium, surprisingly safe. A lot of times, ownership groups that come out of Gulf State money make really surprising and risky big money moves. City
0: runs their organization very well. It, it, as much as you want to hate them for being what they are, they do run a very tight o- organization. So,
1: yeah, but this it, doesn't this say. doesn't seem tight or like even like concerned. This seems like overly safe. Does it? Yeah, because it it could also be that James says it's not even a transfer. It's not even a transfer. It's just a loan.
0: Well, that's what they do. They they want to hold on to him and maximize their investment in them, even if they got him on the cheap because of MLS and homegrown status. I believe Mm -hmm. really cheap. Uh, Yeah, he was the first homegrown uh, for NYCFC. He's like Jack Harrison was. Came out with super draft and moved him on the lead. So. It's just the way that they do things over there. But, yeah. Commodity trading is what it is. Sure,
1: but people aren't afraid to trade commodities into and out of MLS anymore. You don't need this like stepping stone, like this 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 middleman part, if
0: that's what you're trying to do. That was my question. Why? Yeah. It, it it doesn't make sense. But let's go ahead and push on, Sean. Enough on that one. Time will
2: tell on the James Sands transfer. We will see, we will see. But uh moving forward to the next one, uh another recognizable name in the MLS. Jan Gregus from uh from Minnesota United. He is going to be picked up on a free transfer by the Earthquakes, who have been moving and shaking <laughs> for uh for picks and, and gam here during this MLS super draft. Um but yeah, they pick him up, and I think that's a necessary pickup for their for their midfield. We'll see how that goes for them. Could be a loss for the loons too. I'm actually, I think uh, Gregus was
0: injured this season. He was off, but I've really enjoyed his game the last few
2: years. The next name on your list, though, excites me. Oh, this is a big one. This is mm-hmm. probably probably one of the more more recognizable and big big moves of this of this list. Uh, Richie lorea going from. Ter- Toronto FC going to Nottingham Forest over in England. I believe they're in the Championship right now, looking pushing for promotion if I'm not mistaken. Perhaps. Yes, that?
1: sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, this is big. Um I was actually surprised when this news came down and I was looking in our group chat and nobody was talking about
0: it. <laughs> like we all just kind of like saw that and went, "Huh. Interesting." <laughs> well, Lare has been just come off a devastating knee injury he's such a brilliant young prospect uh, well on the radar of the u.s men's national team uh correct me if i'm wrong does he have multinational also status perhaps even with canada uh but uh yeah really held him back he's an exciting young player gets him a chance to the championship championship i still view as a step up especially at the top end of the championship and he gets to play against some uh, tough competition in an extremely competitive league that uh, spends a lot of money and doesn't uh, take any excuses at all, which is a differing factor from MLS. Next one's a surprise for us, Sean. What you got next?
2: Yeah, we got another one, another loan. This one's coming from Austin. The, uh, Thomas Pochettino is going from austin to river plate on a loan deal no word on the fee or the terms of that that i could find but that's that seems like a bit of a blow to to austin for sure let's see if they can rebound from that with this super draft and maybe bring in some other players what do you guys think uh was tobas pochettino
0: a dp for austin perhaps possibly brought in before the u2 initiative Seems like he was a big signing and a big player for them. Now, on the other hand, alone to River Plate. River Plate is, of course, one of the most storied teams, franchises in the world. So that's a big deal. Uh, interesting. Interesting if he didn't fit in the style of play, didn't like it in the U.S. Don't know what to say there. But that's kind of fascinating and kind of hints at some of the moves they did in the super draft more on that later
2: yeah for sure um another loan to river plate uh inter miami offloading another another player leandro gonzalez perez is going from inter miami to river plate on loan again no report on fee or or contract details that i could find uh it just looks like river plate's getting a little bit better
0: uh river plate's always getting better uh What is it? Palmeiras in uh, Brazil is really ramping up their game. So you're going to see uh, some of the storied franchises in South America that have been really impacted by COVID trying to get back up and compete. Uh, MLS is a big factor now in the Western Hemisphere, including in these big South American leagues. And uh, and Leandro Gonzalez Perez He's wanted both in MLS and in South America, and he just bounces back and forth all the time. Good for him. Make him a lot of money, other than, you know, moving expenses.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's going to, that might cost him a pretty penny here and there. Moving on, we got next on the list Dominic Baji is being picked up by FC Cincy on a free transfer from Colorado Rapids. And I, I don't see anything. Anything but good to say about Cincy. They need some help, and I definitely think baji's going to be a good pickup for them.
0: Yeah, the you know Cincy finally made a smart GM and yeah coaching hire. Give away they're throwing money at international transfers, looking at the Philadelphia Union one. Baji performed very well, eh, maybe overstated a hair, but performed well for an overachieving. And exciting Rapids team. We'll see how he does. See if they can put the pieces around it to give him the support he needs because he's not going to create it on his own.
2: Sticking with FC Cincy, um, we actually have an unretiring to announce. Ray Gaddis is unretiring to play for FC Cincy, where he will reunite with Chris Albright and Pat Noonan. Like I said, that union thing. Are they
0: bringing him in for his veteran status? Are they really planning to go young? Because Ray Gaddis is almost as old as me. I think this is a locker room move for sure. I think so, too. The sort of get you, you want to coach? Come and join us. We can really use you in the locker room. That's what it feels
1: to me. I was almost out, but they pulled me back in.
2: It's like, hey, buddy, can you do me a favor and come out of retirement so that we can actually have someone in the locker room to help? Who you got next? Well, next we have, we're going to stick in the same general geographic area. We have Yaw Yaboa, forgive me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, coming to the crew for $2.04 million American from Wisla Krakow, in Poland, bit
0: of a splash nice for them. Pronunciation on Wisla Krakow. Uh, know anything about him? Probably no one knows. I assume that Tim Bezbachinko knows. Uh, time will tell. I guess. A little yeah. preseason action could help, and preseason MLS should start very soon.
2: Yeah, not much I could find on him. Um, all I really know is that he's from Ghana and, you know, he's been bopping around on loan for a few years. He was originally signed by City, but, uh, played in France for a couple of years on loan and now he's going to play in MLS. We'll see how he does. Only 24 years of age. So he's definitely got plenty of growing into his game to, to do. Yeah. Find somebody that from the Polish league, uh, comparable.
0: Slightly less in MLS, uh, probably bargain-ish over uh, other international moves for MLS. We'll see. Wise minds there in the crew to see if they can make him work, see if it's a steal for
2: him. Next on our list, we have a draft, a draft move here. Um, Dom Dwyer was sent from Toronto to FC Dallas, who then immediately bought him out for fifty k, they sent fifty thousand dollars in GAM over to TFC. They got the number three pick in the draft. We'll get more into that one later. But they promptly yeah, that bought will become Dwyer. important. <laughs> they promptly bought Dwyer out of his contract, and you almost have to wonder: Did TFC do this specifically so that they didn't have to waste their buyout, so that they can get rid of Altidore? Perhaps.
0: Perhaps. Yeah, this is a politicking move. And Dom Dwyer, uh, it, he's gone. I mean, fast riser, big transfer, failed in the the ultimate in, uh, in meteorite shooting across the MLS skies right there in Dom Dwyer.
2: I tell you what I'd like to see, though, with uh, <laughs> with the recent news of Alan Polito being out for the season with, another, with a knee oh! surgery. I did not hear that. He's yeah, that just for... came down today. Out for the season oh. with a knee surgery. And you know where Dom Dwyer got his start and really came into his game? Sporting KC under Peter Vermees. But that's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. That's well, a he, different If he
1: just got bought guys in The
0: MLS podcast coming to you soon on the Soccer Capital Network. <laughs> Just got bought out. You might be able to grab him for fairly cheap. I'd take Altador.
2: Oh no, I'd take Dwyer over Altador. Altador's a little bit too old for our system. We got enough aging bodies we need to replace. But again, that's another podcast. Next on the list, we got a couple of rumors and reports for you. First off, we see uh Booksa is rumored to be linked with Seri B side in Italy, Pisa. For uh signing of about nine point five million dollars, nine
0: point five million to a Serie a B side. Do we know that it's is Pisa correct? Owned. Uh, that seems an awful lot considering Serie A as a whole seems to be pretty, you know, financially broke. Uh I, I, I don't see that happening. Unless it's something player driven, but that number seems awfully high to me for Sarah B.
2: I agree, but they're also kind of having a rough go of it this year. And, you know, if spending a big, big money gets you a good player that can get you out of it and maybe push for promotion in the next couple of years, maybe you go for it. I don't know how Sarah B works.
1: Yeah, I'm not familiar with the financial structure of Sarah B, but, um, I do know that they just got, like, a big broadcasting contract with a startup that makes robots that delivers, like, consumer goods. Yeah, that sounds like b, Yeah. Um. So, like, the company that makes Sidewalk Robots sponsored B to be their broadcast sponsor. I don't know how it works. It doesn't make any sense because nothing in the startup world makes sense. But maybe there was some trickle down finances there, and that's how you end up at nine point five million to going to Pisa.
0: If you're selling boots for that amount of money to Serial B, you do it. You grab a toothpick, pick your teeth, and then chew on that toothpick real cool as you strut down the street all the way home. No questions asked.
2: All right, we got one last rumor for you. We've got uh, we talked about it a little while ago. Diego Valeri. Looks to be returning to his boyhood club of Lanus in Argentina. That's kind of sad news. But very good for Diego Valeri. We all knew he was on the outs, it's in Seattle or er, sorry, Portland anyway. It's the Blanco <laughs> show up there nowadays.
0: Yeah, but he's been such a good soldier. Uh not not soldier. He's been such a good man. Such a good human. For the league, for the team, and for the city of Portland. It's a sad day for us. Hopefully it's a wonderfully glad day for Diego Valeri. Uh, He has stated, obviously, in the past how much his family has really enjoyed and has loved the people in the city of Portland. But home is home. So he's got enough game. He can go back there. He can play. Then he can choose where he wants to go from there. So, sad day for MLS fans. I have to say that'd have to be a happy day for Diego de Valeri
2: fans. And just a reminder, folks those last two are just rumors and reports. There is nothing substantial. I mean, I did get this off of MLS.com, or sorry, MLSsoccer.com. I have to specify because MLS.com <laughs> is actually a real estate group. <laughs> yeah yeah no, uh,
1: know on mls.com i found a McMansion up for sale that uh, for 4.5 million
2: dollars and that the roof is leaking uh you s- it seems like you could get about five houses for one peppy <laughs> that's right <laughs> peppy is the new crypto if- <laughs> <laughs> don't say that the real
0: rumors are if uh Diego Valeri's house in Portland goes up for sale on mls.com. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it'll be like um uh what's that one Pittsburgh Penguins uh player that got traded and then his house went up for sale and like we saw his like five like movie rooms. <laughs> Was that castle? Yeah,
2: castle. <laughs> Poor castle.
0: He really had a castle, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Kessel's <Castle's> castle. <laughs> One last little bit of going on with the MLS is the super draft. The college players is happening today. Still going on as we speak at the uh dregs of the draft. This is generally considered the start of a new MLS season. This gets finalizes rosters for all the teams who they're going to bring in preseason camps will start very shortly. Uh, we got an early start to the season on February 26th this year. We're really gearing up uh, still ways to go, but we got world cup qualifying at the end of the month, start of February to kind of push us on until MLS starts, but uh, exciting super draft for everyone around St. Louis St. Louis university has a, had a very talented and successful season. They've got a lot of highly rated generation Adidas players out there. So we'll give you the information as it has come in. And the number one pick overall did go to the new club on the block this year, the Charlotte FC, and they picked from Maryland, Ben Bender, an attacking midfielder. Ben here, of course, short for Bender. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we'll just refer to him as Ben-der, if he makes it instead of his last name.
1: Your parents named you you Bender Bender? (laughs) At least they didn't name him (laughs) (laughs) Ben-dover.
2: Oh, come on, guys. He's the first overall pick in a Super Draft. Let him have this. Come on.
1: His name is Ben Bender. Come on,
0: man. (laughs) I'm on a Bender, but...
2: Uh, let's move on. Uh,
0: <laughs> we talked and teased you a lot about that uh, Dom Dwyer uh, trade, general allocation, the third pick for FC Dallas. Well, FC Dallas in the third pick picked Isaiah Parker from St. Louis University. An exciting, raw, but talented winger slash fullback. Got a feeling on MLS in modern soccer. He might be pushed back into uh a fullback role rather than a true attacking, but he's an attacking talent, uh, very highly rated, and he gets to go to one of the best academies, apparently, right now in the world. Number five pick, an exciting one. Uh, I saw a tweet uh, from Landon, our friends at Moon Tower Soccer. Austin uh, picked Kip Keller, the uh, polished center back from uh, SLU. Guy that uh, probably is MLS ready and going to Austin. They have a real fit. Uh, He could start game one. I have a really big feeling about it. Austin seems to be very excited about this pick. Really a shame that he came into the draft this early because that's a linchpin pick for St. Louis city, the kind of center back that you really want. And, uh, this draft was pretty heavy on center backs because teams won't spend on them but you don't win if you don't have good ones
1: yeah um uh when we sat down to record uh we were at about like pick 12 13 or so um half of the top 12 picks were center backs it was it was center back fest up up there up at the top of the draft but um Kip Keller for Austin is a huge pick. That's a massive coup for them. Um, I know some mock drafts, some boards had him as number one overall. Austin was very excited to
0: get him. Um, They never thought he would drop even to fifth. They did not.
1: Yeah, and even more than like um, uh, Isaiah Parker going to Dallas, um, he's going to see the pitch. He's going to play. Austin has a very real need for a player of his caliber getting out there. Isaiah Parker, who knows what FC Dallas is going to do because they, they are interested in things other than performance on the field.
0: Yeah. Well, but they got their Academy. They know how to develop these players. Parker does have sort of that, um, not quite of the same polish or style, but he has that Alfonso Davies sort of, uh, you know, attacking threat speed, uh, Where's he best suited? I actually could see him going into uh, MLS play as a modern uh, fullback. Racing down, overlapping, and uh, getting himself into play in the attacking third. And as MLS goes more and more to a three-back, he seems to fit that style quite well.
2: Also, no relation to Casey Keller.
0: Columbus came in with the 12th pick, and this was Kind of surprisingly a little low. Uh they picked uh, the goalkeeper from SLU. SLU? SLU. <laughs> SLU. Uh, you were gonna be
1: a <laughs> goof for saying SLU anyway, and then you said SLU, like some kind of francophone. <laughs> I'm
0: from SIU, so we always say it that way. It's SLU,
1: you Philistine. Go back to go back to Manitoba and Quebec. <laughs> Hey <laughs> Frenchy <laughs> <laughs> Uh Seneca
2: Tabernac Oh sh oh no we may have to we may have to label this explicit now I said Tabernac
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah we can edit this out in post can't we anyway uh Schulte's going to Columbus, well known for developing goalkeepers. He's probably, he's going to be third on the depth chart. They're pretty well set. They got Elroy Room as their starter. They've got uh, Evan Bush as their backup. Both of them proven in MLS play. Uh, Room does have a tendency to get injured and miss some games. Bush is there for backup. Schulte gets to train and learn. Goalkeepers, of course, have a long shelf life. So uh, good, exciting goalkeeper gets a chance to try his play, uh, to play his trade. Uh, It's not a bad place for him to be at all. And then uh, number 16 of the first round, Vancouver picked Simon Betcher, the forward from SLU, Uh, team on the up. But I think more importantly and exciting for the kid is Vancouver just seems to be a really cool place to live. The scenery's great. Yeah, no, I mean,
1: Vancouver really is a gorgeous place. And also, like, just talking about the team, they performed really well, I think, better than expected for most people last season. They seem
0: hungrier than they've been before. They got a good coach. Yeah. They finally hired a good coach on that. But that's four Slew players in the first round. And Andrew Wiebe of MLSsoccer.com on the podcast said, quote, It's a Billiken world, and we're just living in it.
2: For reference on that, this was the first undefeated regular season that Slew has had in 50 years. And those four guys were very instrumental in having that happen. They made it all the way to the quarterfinal of the NCAA tournament. And then lost to the number two seed, Washington, who ended up being the runner-up in the tournament. But all in all, great year for Slew Soccer. And Parker, Keller,
0: and Schulte were all picked as Generation Adidas players, which uh, we had to look up to make sure. Generation Adidas is a program basically for MLS to uh, stave off European interest in signing uh, very exciting and pro-prospect uh college players or younger players. Uh, There was only eight. Three of them were from SLU. All of the Generation Adidas players got picked early. Generation Adidas players don't count against the senior roster, so you get, you know, uh, salary cap exemptions for them. Very good. Uh, Generation Adidas players uh, sign a contract when MLS approaches them. They'll have to go in the draft, see where they go. Uh, They give up their college eligibility, but they get promises for scholarships to continue their education on in their defense. Generally, you get a Generation Adidas contract if people pretty well think that you're going to be an MLS player. So this is exciting. Good stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: it's it's a program basically for... Uh, players that are considered professional, ready to jump the queue, and um, and become eligible for the draft,
0: and with the roster exemptions, uh, very enticing for teams to pick them, making them making the commitment to give up college to go into the pros even easier for them. And what's this?
2: Has there been some uh, other draft news, uh, Sean? Oh, yes, yes, something has just come across my desk. I'm just being updated now. We have two more <laughs> slew picks in the third round. We have, in fact, Chandler Vaughn, another defender from the slew team, has been selected with the number sixty. Sorry, 60th overall pick by the LA Galaxy. And we also have, at number 66, the second pick from SLU by FC Dallas, Chase Neese. Nice. Another defender from SLU. Looks like a great day for SLU.
1: Thank you for your outstanding
0: field reporting there, Sean.
2: <laughs> Back to you in the studio.
0: <laughs> it's a great day for SLU alumni. It's not a great day for their team going forward that all these players were picked.
1: Well, that's, hey. how, that's how it goes in collegiate sports. Oh,
0: Always. You get a great team together and you hope for great results and lifts, you know, The rising tide raises all boats.
2: But yes, that is six of seven SLU-eligible players in the draft being selected. Good day for SLU's program, but not a good day for SLU's team.
0: Next season, team. Unless they got more and better in the pipeline. We don't know. We certainly know St. Louis does Per present an unending pipeline of exciting soccer players and now we will have
1: another unending barrage of questions of what is a Billiken? and it's it has the same answer of what is a wild uh it's made up it's not
0: real it's fiction well as an siu grad i
2: know exactly what a saluki is and they're very gorgeous dogs (laughs) as a dismet grad i know exactly what a spartan is and I also, as a Rockhurst grad, also know what a hawk is.
1: <laughs> Congratulations. I
0: can name things. <laughs> but do you know
2: what a T.O. Luis is? Huh? I still yeah. don't know who it is. is are we sure I'm not Luis. getting punked? Are we sure I'm yes, not getting we... punked?
0: No, we're not sure. But he did give some props. He's from uh, Chicago City in the suburbs, and he writes us in again, another listener email coming in from the big city up north from here. Uh, and he asks us a question uh, with possible forward thinking: What do you think MLS regions with three divisions would do for future rivalries? Interesting question to ponder. I don't know how realistic that is, but it could happen.
1: There's yeah, there's a lot to think about here. What what would it look like if we carved out the central?
2: Oh, I think there? I think it'd be a great time.
0: <laughs> I think it'd be great. I would like to see Minnesota. Minnesota, Chicago, us, Kansas City, Kansas City, Nashville, mm-hmm. and Austin. Austin might be a little far. Cincinnati. Cincinnati,
2: yeah. Well, then where would the where would the Texas teams go if they're not in the Central? That's a good question. One of them would have to move. Or
0: just be in the West. Yeah, but the West would be a little overloaded then. You'd have Vancouver, San Jose, two teams in L.A. You'd have uh, Real Salt Lake. You'd have the Rapids. And then you'd have a choice between Dallas, Houston, and Austin. If you had to put that in and Austin being the new guys on the block, put them in the central.
2: Honestly, I think it'd make more sense to put Austin over in the West and then we just get Dallas and Houston.
1: Perhaps. Uh, one thing that's always gotten me about. We'll like- fly over country, <laughs> so they'll stick the young guys all in together. Yeah. And also like one thing that's always gotten me about like sports divisions is they don't make geographical sense necessarily. Because, like, if we're talking about a Texas team to put in the Central, it's Houston.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. But the the interesting part of this this whole thought experiment, though, would be we not only would get the I-70 Derby year in and year out, we'd also get the classic St. Louis-Chicago battle, and we always love to see that. hmm Yep.
0: And uh, us being in Southern Illinois a trip every year down to Nashville, which is not that far from where we are. That'd be exciting. Nah. Interesting thought. I don't know. The only reason why MLS might do that could be putting more pressure on the conferences and adding more layers to an already convoluted uh, playoff system.
1: Yeah, you know, they It really it doesn't it's not necessitated because they don't have the heavily stacked playing schedule. Um, These conferences are largely broken up like this to ease travel. Uh, You play intra division rivals more often to ease travel time. But since you have typically like a week, several days between games there's less need for this like back-to-back-to-back kind of travel. You can keep it divided East and West.
0: Now, if MLS does go beyond 30 teams, which I don't think they're lacking for suitors, qualified suitors at the level that MLS has become, has become an issue, right, Sacramento? Um, I just uh, still see it being split, split in between the two uh two divisions but it could happen you know when it comes to money and tv rights and the new tv package who can say
1: we do live in a world that expects infinite growth and so if you're still growing you will grow um it's not sustainable and it's not healthy but that is what it is expected
0: and uh thank you for that Tia louise good question nice conversation he also asked in his email if anyone's going to chicago for the march 19th fire kansas city game he's asking, he's asking me he's asking me <laughs> let's be real
2: and unfortunately well, going? <laughs> unfortunately at this current moment uh i have no availability or plans to make it up for that game not for you know lack of wanting of course um i'd love to go to a game but i'm I'm a little bit smarter than to be a St. Louis boy, going to a game in Chicago, rooting for a Kansas city team by myself. Um, So if any, if there's any KC listeners out there, pick me up on the way. We'll go.
0: Hey, have you ever wanted to get double jumped? (laughs) (laughs) He's not a simple man. Keep it complicated. (laughs) But again, Tio Luis, thanks for the email. And uh, of course, everyone, uh, we appreciate the input. We hope to hear from you. Please email us at soccercapital at gmail.com or DM us at uh, at soccercapital on Twitter. We'll be happy to uh, talk about any anything as long as it's relevant to the show. <laughs> as, long, as long as we don't uh, get too explicit. We're trying to be clean. Anyway, I think that's enough silliness for one week. Uh, last week was pretty silly. This one's even sillier. Uh, something to look forward to. We've got uh, the World Cup, as I referenced earlier, World Cup qualifying window for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, starts up uh, later this month or in, into February. It's a huge window for the U.S. Maybe we'll have some discussions about uh, whom we think went be on the roster. Uh, See if any other uh, news breaks about City, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this show. What do you guys think?
1: I think that's about all I've got.
2: I have one last word for Tio Luis. Unfortunately, if the jersey is what you're offering, I already have that jersey. It was my first ever soccer jersey. And if you (laughs) want that jersey, I'm sorry, I will not part with it. I love it too much. (laughs) Fair enough. And I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm your producer, Mason. And I'm your resident cave-digging hooligan, Sean Campbell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.